This is Pitch Black, the podcast, part of PitchBlackNews.com. My name is Kyle Mankey. As always, um, here talking about San Antonio FC, talking about North American soccer, talking about whatever you want to talk about. Feel free to jump into our Periscopes whenever we um, record our podcast on Thursday nights. Feel free to jump into our Twitter mentions to get the topics that you want to talk about in. It uh, makes our lives easier here at the podcast and it makes things more interactive. So win, 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 as they say. I believe that's a Michael Scott quote, if I'm not mistaken. But Unfortunately, we are uh, meeting after one of San Antonio FC's worst ever losses in club history, a 5-2 loss to Swope Park Rangers. Um, Obviously not the way that the club wanted to end this uh, road streak trip, this road trip streak, there we go, that they've been on lately. Um, not only, and I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses because anytime you give up five goals, something is wrong. Something happened. Um, not saying systemically everything needs to change anything like that, but for that one game, something was wrong and I don't want to make excuses for that. But when you look at San Antonio FC's schedule for the last two months, basically, um, they, they started July 29th in Phoenix and then we're home for a match against Orange County. And then on the road um, for all the rest of their matches, except for one in Vancouver on August 23rd. So um, for all intents and purposes, they've been on the road for two months. And honestly, it feels like it. I feel like I haven't been to Toyota Field in years at this point. Um, and so you don't want to make excuses. I'm not making excuses, especially for such a massive defensive lapse. But, you know, (laughs) everything before the butt is bullshit, right? But um, you can't go on the road for that long and play as consistently solid as they have and not slip up once or twice. So I'm not panicking. I'm not worried. I don't think this is a massive indication that, you know, San Antonio FC is going to tumble down the standings or anything like that. But it wasn't fun. Uh, you start out the day with uh, USL streaming, the USL network, doing what the USL network does worst uh, in not having the video available at all um, for about the first 20 minutes or so. And then when it does finally come back on, the product that was there, for San Antonio, the first half, it wasn't bad. It, it was uh, a 1-1 at the end of the half, I believe. Um, I've got the stats right here. Sorry, uh, it was 2-1 at the end of the half. But for most of it, it was 1-1 before San Antonio gave up their second goal of the day right in the uh, first half stoppage time. Um, it wasn't great obviously, but it was passable and it probably would have gotten them a draw. But what happened in the second half was just brutal. I mean, really what led to that first goal, it was a penalty uh, booted in by Silvol in the 11th minute. It was a penalty that never should have happened. It was, um, I believe it looked like Cyprian Hedrick went for the tackle, ended up clipping the player in the box and uh, giving them that PK opportunity, which they converted. That shouldn't have happened, and it never should have gotten to that point. But 
that was a theme for almost all of the Swope Park goals. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I could go out there and do better. I could not go out there and do better. Um, but what we saw from these guys, what we saw from a team that has been so defensively sound all year was that they weren't marking their men. Players were getting past them. There was confusion on the defensive side of the field, which is something we don't see ever. <laughs> and it was frustrating to, to see that. Um, the second goal came from a set piece right outside of the box, practically a penalty kick. Um, not much you can do about that. But the rest of the goals, it was a common theme of Swope Park gets around their man, nobody's there to cover, and they get an open look at the goal. I don't know how you fix that. I don't know what went wrong specifically there. If it was matchup issues, if it was not having Stephen McCarthy in there, if it was um, you know having Pekka in there for a good chunk, he hasn't been seeing a lot of minutes lately. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's one individual player. Anytime you give up five goals, it's definitely not one individual player. Um, but you have to just look past it at this point and, you know, move on to the next one. Positives out of this one. We saw Omar Gordon score a goal. He had a really nice left footed touch, um, that he put past the keeper on the inside post early in the match. And that was great. And Billy Forbes just fired one in, which was great to see him do. We haven't seen a lot of games where San Antonio scored two goals in a match. So, taking away the defensive lapses, it was a pretty nice showing and it was pretty exciting to see those two guys who were really going to be counting on down the stretch to generate those goals, um, being able to generate goals. Obviously the result wasn't there, but the fact that they were able to generate goals is good and is something that you can take away from this game as a positive and as something that's promising going forward. So at least there's that. Um, not much else to say about this game, honestly. It was not particularly fun to watch. It was uh, pretty frustrating from a San Antonio FC side. So we'll leave it at that. 5-2 loss for San Antonio. On to the next one, which, of course, we all know is the uh, latest iteration of the South Texas Derby. San Antonio FC hosting RGV Toros FC. Very exciting. So um, one quick note, I saw, I'm not a season ticket member, so I didn't get this email, but I saw on social media several season ticket members posting that um, it looked like San Antonio FC is going to be donating 100% of the revenue from ticket sales to hurricane relief, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I need to double check on that. But if so, that is pretty incredible. And, um, you know, it's great to see an organization that quote unquote, doesn't have to do this. Like they're in San Antonio. It's not like we had devastation, massive, massive devastation here. Um, but, but it sounds like they are. So that's really exciting. And the fact that they didn't release it, um, via like a press release or anything, at least not one that I saw, um, I think says a lot to the character of the organization and the intentions because they told their season ticket members, they didn't tell the media. Um, it wasn't a big look at me type moment. So um, very cool for that. And of course, um, anytime RGV comes to town, it's going to be fun. It's going to be heated. 
and uh, ideally it won't be as competitive as previous years. RGV is struggling a little bit this year, but as we saw in Swope Park, you never know who these MLS two sides are going to send down, and we could end up seeing a lot of MLS players, <laughs> and if that's the case, that's just kind of the nature of the beast and the nature of USL, um, and you just kind of got to move on to the next uh, factor of that game, which is, you know, scoring the goals and keeping the clean sheet if you can. So looking at the standings right now, we've got, uh, Salt Lake city in first with 56 points. Reno has top San Antonio FC for now with 52 points. San Antonio also has 52 points, but the goal differential, um, from Reno to San Antonio is pretty drastic. Now, um, it was, Pretty drastic before that match, but Reno is a, a positive 31 goal differential. San Antonio is at a 17. Um, actually, the the first tiebreaker is wins, and Reno's at 15 wins. San Antonio's at 14 wins. So, uh, goal differential is the second tiebreaker in USL. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, it, it's. It's going to come down to the wire here. San Antonio needs to get three points from several of these matches to secure that second place spot and potentially overtake Salt Lake. It's still possible. They need some help from Salt Lake in order to make it happen, but uh, it's definitely possible. Um, And then below those top three, Swope Park Rangers, obviously the team that San Antonio just fell to, is in fourth with 48 points. 5th, Phoenix with 43, 6th, Sacramento with 42, Tulsa 40, and rounding out the top 8 right now is Oklahoma City Energy with 37 points right on their tail. Orange County has 36, and Colorado Springs has 35, two points out of the playoff position. So the bottom half of the uh, USL West table, or that mid part of the table that's right on the red line is going to be extremely tight once again this year. San Antonio was part of that last year. Hopefully it doesn't get to that. I can't imagine it will, but um, it's really interesting to watch from an outsider perspective now, seeing Colorado, Orange County, OKC, uh, Tulsa even, all battling for that playoff spot. And really, Sacramento's not safe. Phoenix isn't safe. Nobody's safe, really, below... Swope Park, I would say, with 48. The top four are pretty set, but the next four, lots of question marks there, which is exciting. That that makes for good soccer and an interesting season. Um, so it'll it'll really start to clear up here as we get into the last couple games who a potential opponent will be for San Antonio FC. But if all things stay the same and that doesn't happen, we could go into the last few games of the season not knowing who San Antonio FC's opponent is going to be in the first round of the playoffs, Um, which, you know, is probably how it's going to go because that's just how things go, right? That's, That's the luck of the draw. So... That's where we stand in the USL West at the moment. Um, San Antonio FC is in a great position. It's been a great season. They look like they are almost definitely going to finish top four. They've already secured a playoff spot a full month before the season ended. You can't complain about that. Um, You really have to just hope that from this big loss, you see a bounce back of the players... um, pushing to get back to the excellence that they were at at the beginning of the season and taking this little stretch of home games that they have coming up 
as an opportunity to make way towards Salt Lake or, or at least securing one of those top positions and uh, securing at least one home playoff game. That would be fun. That would be a first for San Antonio FC. So really excited to be part of that um, or take that in anyway, not really be part of it, I guess. So let's go straight into a little bit of controversy that I, I mentioned earlier. Um, USL actually issued a statement on this today because it was such a big deal. It is such a big deal. Um, let me pull it up here. But basically what happened was during this week's S2 um, Phoenix game, Seattle versus Phoenix game, um, a Phoenix player was issued two yellow cards but was not dismissed from the field. A little bit of an issue. I'm not a ref. I don't plan on refing. It's a hard job. But in my not professional um, analysis, I think usually when a player gets two yellow cards, they should leave the game. That's just how I was raised. But um, <laughs> here we have pro um, referees doing their best, I guess. It, it's This is just a cherry on top of a several-week rant that I've had about referees in this league not being at the level that the players are. The players and the coaches are at one level that is very competitive and very fun to watch and very professional. The officials are not at that same level, and it's impacted several games for and against San Antonio and in other USL games around the league. This one is far and away the most blatant because Phoenix had a player who got two yellow cards, didn't come off. Seattle had a player ejected later, um, and Seattle ends up losing that game. Phoenix gets the three points. And like I was just talking about with that tight table, that has massive playoff implications at this point because it puts Seattle behind that entire group and it leapfrogged Phoenix uh, above the pack, above Sacramento, above Tulsa. So uh, let me let me read part of the statement here. Um the USL and professional referee organization are to investigate an incident that took place in the game between Seattle Sounders uh, FC2 and Phoenix Rising FC on September 20th at Starfire Stadium uh, during the 2017 USL regular season. In the 33rd minute, Rising FC's Victor Vasquez was cautioned following a challenge. Vasquez was issued his second yellow in the 60th minute following a challenge, but was not dismissed from the field. Vasquez was then substituted off in the 62nd minute and replaced by another rising FC player. The USL and Pro will determine why this less than proficient application of the laws of the game. <laughs> Jeez. Less than proficient application of the laws of the game arose with the match officials as a result of this administrative error. An indefinite suspension shall be administered to these match officials for all USL competitions. The match will not be replayed and the result of the match will stand. All discipline issued in this contest will remain in place. Vasquez will be suspended for Phoenix's next match against Vancouver on Sunday. Additionally, Jordy Delem of uh, Seattle Sounders FC2 will be suspended for S2's next match against Tulsa on October 7th for his red card in the 64th minute. 
less than proficient application of the laws of the game. <laughs> I mean, come on, really? Like, it's a new low in the officiating in this league, and good on them for suspending those referees from USL matches. They should not be doing USL matches after making such an egregious mistake. Um, but to not replay the match, to have Seattle's suspension stand, I don't know. I don't know how you come to that conclusion if you're the league front office. I think they made a terrible mistake by not replaying this match. I understand Phoenix to Seattle is not a quick little bus ride down the road. Um, I understand that we're getting towards the end of the season and the schedule's tight. But being at the end of the season, the table being as tight as it is, and these two teams being two teams that are competing very, very well (laughs) um, to try and make that top eight, I don't know how you don't replay that match. Uh, Or at least, like, half of it? Can you do a half? Uh, I I think this is a huge mistake, and it's embarrassing, and it uh, is just more ammunition that um, USL isn't on par with other leagues around the world. Um, another thing that they promoted was that Reno broke the single scoring uh, single season scoring record this week. Um, they've scored more goals this season than any other USL team has in a season. And part of that is because of their 9-0 victory over a lost dose side that was playing academy players earlier this season. I don't know how you celebrate that. Um, good on Reno for scoring a bunch of goals. They've scored more goals than all the other teams. That's great. And you can only play the opponents that are on the other side of the field. I understand that. It's not their fault that LA punted in that match, but how do you celebrate that? How do you let something like that stand where, you know, Reno is above San Antonio FC in the table. They're in second place. And if it comes down to that goal differential as the tiebreaker, they're going to get that in massive part because of a 9-0 victory that they had against a bunch of teenagers. Two massive flops, in my opinion, for the league this week um, in how they're handling that Seattle-Arizona issue and the fact that they're celebrating Reno uh, breaking the single-season goal record. Maybe I'm just being cranky. Maybe, I don't know. I I don't know. I I think if they break it by nine, (laughs) if they break it, you know, taking that LA game away and they still break it, good on them, celebrating them. Good, good job in your first year. But it's hard for me to celebrate anything like that where there's so many people that are investing their time into this league from, you know, the coaches and the players and the referees that are taking it seriously and trying to improve themselves. There's a lot of professionals that are investing their time in this league. And then there's people like me, there's people um, like the folks over at Indomitable City Soccer, the USL show, um, a lot of different bloggers and uh, independent media that are covering this league. And of course, the fans who are paying for these season tickets and paying to see these teams play. 
if the competitiveness if the competitiveness of this league isn't there, there's no reason to show up. And as much as you can say, I support my team and I love my team and I love my city, everything else, you can, and that's going to keep a lot of people there. But it's sports at the end of the day. And if the game is rigged, then why why are we here? So I hope USL figures their stuff out a little bit. I don't think this is league breaking by any means. You know, I say that, but this is going to have actual playoff implications, both of those incidents. So I don't know. I'm trying to not overreact, but if Reno gets a playoff position above another team, whether it be Swope or San Antonio or whoever it may be, Salt Lake, um, if they get a position because of a 9-0 victory that they didn't earn, um, and if if uh, Seattle misses the playoffs because of a result that never should have stood, is that competitive? Is that a professional league? Is that something that you're going to invest your time in to watch and to invest your money in to, to go and sit in the stands and buy the t-shirt? I'm not. And so USL needs to figure this shit out because I'm, I'm about at my wits end with, uh, with the league front office. So that's where that stands. That was a rant that I uh, didn't really intend to get into, but I, I've been stewing on this for a little while, <laughs> and uh, it, it's frustrating. We're we're at a point in the season where San Antonio has secured a playoff spot. Um, some of the teams are are kind of punting. Some of them are kicking the tires on their MLS players that they're not sure if they're going to bring back next year or not. So they're sending them down to. Um, play at the USL level. And so if the matches are not going to be officiated, not even well, like if the matches aren't going to be officiated, let's just leave it at that because it was such a joke. Um, then it's going to turn a lot of people off and it's, it's hard to fight that burnout that you get at this point in the season as a fan where you're just waiting for playoffs to start um, in a huge way. So I'm here, and and I'm enjoying it, and I'm really excited for some home matches coming up. I'm really excited for San Antonio to battle for that playoff positioning to make sure they stay in the top four and hopefully get that top spot. The number one seed is still up for grabs, absolutely. Um, But for some of these other fan bases, uh, I don't know how you keep a competitive league if... Um, your, your teams are not competing and your officials are not officiating. So anyway, like I said, I'm, I'm done with that rant. Sorry. Um, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to grab some water and we're going to go over your Twitter topics. We're going to go over a couple other things that went on this week and, uh, we'll have a little more fun. I'll do a little less ranting. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you in particular to our Patreon patrons for supporting the podcast. Um, 
financially <laughs> and making sure that this isn't costing us money, making sure it's not costing our families money to do this. Um, we are switching some things up on the back end, and I'll go into that a little bit more in a second. But um, because of that, uh, I'm not sure how the Patreon funds are going to be distributed um, going forward. We are going to turn that on because in the past, every dollar that's gone into Patreon has gone back into Pitch Black in some capacity, whether it's paying for hosting fees or the website or anything like that. Um, and I, I hope to continue to do that. However, we found an option that is significantly cheaper than what we used to do. So um, we'll, we'll figure out something. Uh, I do appreciate all of you who have donated on, or, uh, you know, contributed on patreon and if you continue to do so we'll put that to good use for sure but uh just uh thank you if you if you want more details about that patreon.com slash pitch black news is where you go um or just reach out to us on twitter or social media or whatever and we'll point you in the right direction but anyway speaking of um new things and new back end for the podcast um, you may have noticed, if you're listening to this on um, the website, we switched away from SoundCloud this week to Podient. Uh, it's a new podcast-specific service that is going to help us out a whole lot. It's uh, cheaper to use than SoundCloud and more efficient and gives us more options. And it's kind of ridiculous all the way down the board. It's, it's better all the way. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, um, nothing should have changed. You should have been able to just click in your app like normal. Um, if that's not the case, please let me know. But uh, if you prefer listening to the player specifically, um, you're going to go to pitchblack.podient.co, and we will put the link out for that, of course. Um, so yeah, we, we're really excited to work with Podient. It's a really cool startup, and uh, Hopefully it'll be a good relationship for everybody and help everybody out a little bit. So that wasn't really meant to be a commercial. It was more of a, a PSA of, hey, here's how to listen to the show going forward. So anyway, getting away from that, um, the other big story, not in the USL, but in second division soccer, uh, for now, second division soccer, is that NASL is uh, suing the um, United States Soccer Federation under a federal antitrust lawsuit. Um, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to pretend to be able to break this down, but there are several articles out there uh, that can talk about the implications of this and the chances that they have of it actually succeeding. Um, what I'm more interested in is the goal. Um, what's the goal here for, for NASL? Is it to establish second division again? Is it to break up USSF entirely and start from scratch? Um, I think one of those is slightly more possible than the other. Um, the, the other part of it that's interesting to me is that things are coming out now that are saying that it was not a unanimous decision to, pursue that lawsuit. Um, Socktakes.com specifically has a link here. Um, the, NS the NASL's decision to litigate was not unanimous. The identity of, quote, nay clubs remains unclear. Um, however, Edmonton was not involved in the vote. They found out via a phone call later. So NASL is doing NASL things with this, and I hate seeing quality soccer clubs fall and I hate 
seeing a retraction in U.S. soccer and North American soccer. But I think NASL is uh, finally on its last leg here. If they're not even communicating inside their their own people, um, that's that's tough to overcome. And I think we're seeing the last days of NASL. And I just can't help but once again be thankful that San Antonio is not an NASL market anymore and we're not having to deal with this firsthand. Uh, it, I, I don't think it's going to survive. And the crazy part is all of the expansion clubs that were planning to come in, um, the, the club in Southern California and you know all these other markets that NASL teased as being interested in coming in and ready to come in, like Chicago, um, they're, they're probably not going to happen. I, I would think that San Francisco is probably going to shutter its doors after um, the statements that have been released this season about not being profitable. Um, Puerto Rico seems to be in trouble because of, you know, everything else going on in Puerto Rico right now, which of course, um, thoughts going out to all of the Caribbean having to deal with the hurricanes and this horrible Atlantic hurricane season. It's been impossible. It's been incredible. Um, and then you have, you know, clubs like Indy, Indianapolis, where they would be a great fit for USL. And I think USL would take them immediately. Um, Edmonton, on the other hand, says that they are not interested in going to USL. Um, so you have the cosmos basically, and it's the cosmos arguing that their brand means so much to North American soccer that they deserve to be able to keep the league afloat and keep the league at division two. And it just doesn't seem like that's going to work out. So I'd love to hear what you have to say about NASL and, you know, if it's good riddance, don't let the door hit you, or if you're sad to see them go, or maybe a mix of both. So reach out to us at Pitch Black News on Twitter. Let me know what you have to say about it. I'm curious. Maybe we'll read those next episode. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Again, not a lawyer. Not going to be able to dissect that myself, but I will absolutely keep up with some articles of more educated folks than I. So getting to your Twitter topics here, um, Michalogy says, what team do you want to avoid the, (laughs) avoid the most in the first round? Um, so pulling up the standings here, let me look at this one more time. As far as teams that I want to avoid in the first round, um, obviously, Swope Park would be an issue there. They've always given San Antonio FC trouble, and this last week was no exception. It doesn't look like they would be a potential first-round matchup um, unless they fell to five and San Antonio fell to four, but that would be a a pretty odd series of events to make that happen. Um, So more realistically, looking at, uh, for example, right now, Sacramento is in sixth, so they would be the first-round matchup if all things stayed the same now. Very beatable team. They're a team that's in flux this year that is not playing the best quality soccer that they've presented over the years. And there's someone that San Antonio can beat and has beaten. Um, Oklahoma City and Colorado are three teams that are on that bubble right around that red line. And they've all given San Antonio trouble um, both years that the, the teams have played. So I... As far as who I want to avoid out of that group, um, probably, 
probably Colorado most, I would say. Um, maybe Orange County. Man, all three of them. All three of them are tough. San Antonio's toughest teams are those who defend well against the counter. And if you have teams with really strong goalkeepers like Orange County, like uh, Oklahoma City, that makes it very tough to win. And you're looking at that point at, at pulling it out into penalties and going the distance. So, man, if I had to pick one of those bubble teams, which, you know, Salt Lake City is getting the eighth seed right now. So unless that changes, it won't really matter. But um, I would say the team that I'm most scared to play would be Colorado, maybe? Orange County? Man, that's tough. One of those at the bottom. So it <laughs> is counterintuitive, and I know that no one at the club feels this way, and they're not going to play this way, but it could almost be better for San Antonio to get the second seed or the third seed <laughs> and not have to face some of those teams that have given them trouble in the past. I, I don't like saying that. I don't like playing for a second, but it's one of those things where the matchup, I think, would actually be better against Tulsa, Sacramento, or Phoenix than it would be Oklahoma, Orange County, or Colorado. Just my two cents, though. So good question, and we'll keep an eye on that as we go through. Again, this might come down to the last game like it did last year. So hopefully it doesn't because the clubs are going to want a game plan a week in advance, two weeks in advance if they can. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Aaron asks, last Saturday, just an anomaly of road weariness and tired legs? Question mark. I think so. I think it was mentally tired more than anything because how those goals were scored, it was not a, a team that we've seen this season, San Antonio. Um, I, I think there were some mental lapses and some defensive lapses in coverage and guys not being on their man and leaving Swope attacking players for those, those layups, basically. So um, I don't think it was physical as much as it was mental, but it could have been both, and it probably was both. Like I mentioned earlier, they've been on the road for basically two months at this point, and anytime you do that, any, anytime you're away from your family and your friends and your kids, and like that's draining and that's hard, and, and you're living out of a suitcase for a couple of these matches. And part of the reason that I haven't gotten very many quotes and stuff is because their schedule has been so wonky lately that. It's been hard to make it to a practice because they're just not here a lot of the time. So I'm not trying to make excuses for them. Losing by giving up five goals sucks. Um, that's that's a crappy feeling as a fan. I'm sure it's a worse feeling as a player and a coach. Um, but yeah, if if you look at their schedule, it's kind of amazing that it didn't happen earlier. And our good friend Carson asks, how much will the Toros win by? Um, bro, bro, no. Um, Carson, of course, covers RGV for Dynamo Theory. Um, he is, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Carson A. Merck, M-E-R-K. Um, highly recommend you following him so that you can see just how crappy RGV is, of course. 
Um, but no, he's, he's a good dude that does good coverage and, um, hopefully we'll get to chat with him sometime soon. We've tried to make it work a couple times and the schedules just haven't meshed. Um, but hopefully we'll, we'll make that happen soon. I'm excited for that match. San Antonio hosting RGV. That's going to be fun. Anytime they, they play it, it's fun. <laughs> It'll be tough for the RGV players, I'm sure, to have to play in a stadium that actually has people in it. But, uh, you know, it'll be fun. So I'm <clears throat> pretty much going to call that a night here. We'll, we'll cut it just a little bit short. Um, talking with my co-host, Aaron Marvel, we're shooting for an early October return for him, hopefully. So I won't be rambling here by myself as we go into the playoffs, which will be nice. Um, I'm excited. I, I miss that dude. I, I don't like doing this show by myself. Uh, um, I, I like it. I have fun with it, but I have more fun with other people. So, um, Thank you to everyone who wrote in on Twitter. Thank you to everyone who participated on Periscope and, you know, listens to the show in general. I was looking at the show and I noticed we had more reviews than I remember. So thank you for that. Um, if you haven't left a review on, on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or however you listen to it, always appreciate those. Those are free and only take a couple seconds and they help us out a lot um, with search results and with quality filters and all that stuff. So um, thank you to those of you who did take the time to do that. I, I really appreciate it. And, um, uh, as some of you may have seen on Twitter, I shared that, uh, I'm going to be working with, uh, working at the express news. Uh, I started that this week, um, going to be producing podcasts for the San Antonio express news. And I'm really excited about that. And it's not sports related directly. There, there are sports podcasts. If you haven't already, check out uh, Jabari Young's Spurs Nation out there on uh, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Um, but we're, we're going to be um, doing some really cool stuff that I'm really excited about that I can't really give details about yet, but that uh, it's, it's fun and I'm excited about it. And I don't know that it would have happened if Pitch Black wasn't a thing. In fact, I can say with certainty that it would not have happened if Pitch Black wasn't a thing. So um, thank you to people who listen and read and click and um, everything else to to make this more fun for me to do and to help motivate me to do it um, because it landed me a, a really cool gig. So... <laughs> Um, nothing changes on the pitch black side of things. We are still fiercely independent and uh, we'll be covering San Antonio FC throughout the entire season. Um, nothing changes as far as all of that goes. So, um, you know, maybe some schedules get rearranged. Um, but as far as, you know, having a weekly podcast and having articles on the site, that's all stays the same. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of your support over the last two years almost year and a half um it, it's been awesome and i'm looking forward to see what the future brings with pitch black and with whatever other gigs i have in the future so um that being said you know i, I like the express news i want to stay there i don't want to make it sound like i'm already looking to jump ship oh man i've been rambling and ranting tonight so let's hit that record button to get this over with um and I will see you next week. Thank you again so much for listening.